Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. All right, we're back. Welcome to Game Over Edmonton. Um... Clearly Man. the first time we're doing the uh, Florida Edmonton one, uh, Zach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Unlike the Oilers, um, we don't get any, uh, they don't get any redos. We get to do as many redos as we want. But yeah, we figured out all our technical difficulties. I appreciate you guys for sticking around. Thank God. Uh, it's but, a, We have a harder second effort than the Oilers do. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Holy shit. What a disappointing performance tonight. Outside of the first 10 minutes um the, they were so 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 disappointing everyone heard everything i had to say off the jump though you my friend though they everyone just didn't hear anything so what were your let's, thoughts let's do a quick recap right obviously yeah. uh the oilers head into florida after a disappointing game in tampa you want to see them come up with a little bit more fight right you want to oh, yeah. see them come back and try and claw their way through this florida team that's been doing really well they're they're 11 5 and 1 before this game and they started really well i mean Connor mcdavid had two goals tonight and evander kane calvin pickard started started out awesome they looked really good i thought the 11 and 7 was early early on was working i was kind of stunned at the choice to see sam gagne scratch for adam ernie because you know i can cannot stand adam ernie after tonight there are so many guys on my get lost list who I never want to see in the Oilers jersey again. They're like we I know we have to go through the game and we'll get into it, but on the on the Oilers defense currently, Philip Broberg, Brett Kulak, Cody Cece, Philip Philip Broberg, Brett Kulak, Cody Cece, Vincent DeHarnay, not NHL defensemen. There is no top ten team in the NHL that any of those four guys would crack a to- the top six of they are not nhl defensemen i cannot watch them kill offensive zone possessions kill defense like just absolutely brain dead in the defensive zone and obviously there is no oilers defenseman that's safe every single one of them i can't sugarcoat it i wish i could give some analytical term and analyze it they all looked like ass they all fucking sucked like every single terrible. one of them brain dead and dumb 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 plays if you look at you know it's eleven and seven. We're gonna have more defensemen rolling. Obviously, you mentioned Ganya getting scratched, with, which sucks. Like mm-hmm. the fact that Ernie is playing six forty nine a night when you could have just had Sam Ganya on there. Maybe reduce Connor Brown's minutes a little bit because he didn't look very good out there. Today. Horrible, horrible, and. Dude, I want to jump all over the place so bad. Every time I hear a name, I think of a different play in a different part of the game. Like Connor Brown. So many what-the-fuck moments tonight. 
So many. Why was he, when Hyman got the stupid 10-minute penalty, first of all, or Kane or whatever, why were Hyman goes in the box for getting punched in the head by Sam Bennett? I don't understand. Why was Connor Brown the first guy out to replace him on the power play? There's yeah. a ton of guys who I would rather see. I'd rather, I, th- I was almost at the point where I'd rather see Adam Ernie out there than Connor Brown. I'm so sick of Connor Brown. Like, I get it. That he was injured, this, that, you know, he's coming back, getting up to speed. At a certain point, you got to put up results. I Zach Cassian put up better numbers in the role that Connor Brown was in. Alex Chason, Jesse Pugliarvi, come on. At one point, I was like, I would much rather have Jesse Pugliarvi than Connor Brown. Because you know what? At least Jesse Pugliarvi can clog up a bit with his gigantic reach. He started playing a bit more physical. And Connor Brown, he he tries to play Mm -hmm. physical. But he's a smaller guy. And when you just are smaller and you're still not producing, you're not able to get any goals, like no assists, I just no production out of Connor Brown. It becomes an issue of we are playing him purely because of his contract, right? Because we can't, we, the GM and the now CEO who signed this contract for him, they can't let go of the fact that they signed an awful deal and 10 games in, we now owe him a bunch of money for next season, which means next season, if we're off to another terrible start, this might as well be a wash. You should just completely redo this team, enter another decade of darkness, because there's no excuse for taking Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two guys that realistically you should be just praying every single day that you have a situation like this, the the easiest of tap-ins and you just biff it. You can't surround them with anyone that can finish. You can't surround them with defenders that can actually be responsible. And you mentioned a lot of defenders, Evan Bouchard, you, it was noticeably missing from that list. He has his upside. Yes. When Bouchard has his downsides, when he is not skating for a rim around the boards in the defensive zone. So what can you say? There was a play early in the first. Bouch, horrible giveaway. Well, okay. Horrible giveaway. Pickard ends up coming up huge on it. Then I know we're skipping the 2-1 goal on the the, (laughs) whatever. But on the 2-2 goal, originally starts with an Evan Bouchard giveaway. Ekholm can't clear. Hits Hyman in the back when he's getting his stick replaced off the bench. Verhagi ends up getting all alone in front. Derek Ryan falls over. Like, it was just so many different errors on that play. Like, you could sit there and say unlucky. But at the end of the day, that's probably the goal that you would like Calvin Pickard to save. Now, I, I can't give Calvin Pickard as much flack as I've given Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell uh, over the past 13, 14 games, whatever, because Calvin Pickard is a career American Hockey League goalie. Like, honestly, my expectations could not have been lower. So that's why I was relatively happy with the way he played. I have high expectations for a guy making over $5 million, and I have high expectations for the 24-year-old guy who was a Calder nominee and an All-Star last year, but obviously, and they've far and away like subseded my expectations so i i am way more disappointed in them but that also the difference is the Oilers have been losing games where they were getting where they were the better team they were dominating and they weren't finishing tonight was not that case florida took it to them the oilers scored two goals they got another goal on a penalty shot outside of that they got nothing there was a few chances from dry settle and hyman kind of in the first on a power play 
They didn't score, and then that was it. They got nothing. They completely reverted back in their hole. They got frustrated, and that's exactly what the theme has been for the last couple games, and they just went to sleep. It was garbage. The power play is dog shit. Everything about this team is so bad right now. What happened to the power play? The power play used to be historic. It's insane. Record-breaking. Dude, the second unit comes out consistently looking like the better unit. And the first unit cannot make a pass. It's it's funny because McDavid scored on a one-timer. Now, that wasn't on the power play. But, like, you saw the puck movement on the first two power plays or first power play against Florida. You saw the puck movement on the first two power plays against Tampa. Then they get frustrated. And you watch the passes that they usually make are just not there. They're not happening. And then when they're not happening, they don't just get pucks on net. They cycle around the outside around five guys until the other team pinches off, catches them on a bobble, and, and they make clear, right? Dry settle can't hit a shot. on net exactly. for a power play. It, it, it's, it's meaningless. It's pointless. You're, you're killing the clock for the opposition at this point. The, they are not getting anything on the power play. It is hurting you substantially. You score a power play goal against Dallas earlier this year, you win that game. You score a power play goal against Tampa, you probably can win that game because you were the better team. You score a power play goal again tonight, you go up by two, even though Florida's better, maybe they get frustrated. Maybe Calvin Pickard makes a save because the thing about Calvin Pickard again today too, he was making really high quality saves i feel like the uh, high dangers exactly that's what it felt like to me yes he let in two goals that i probably would like to have back but there are how many break like a breakaway with six minutes left in the game um what happens for evan Rodriguez? kyle or kyle calvin pickard <laughs> comes up huge and I thought, oh, there's the turning point. That's the save, like Stu making the glove save on Seattle with you know three and minutes now left. We're coming back, exactly. And no. now we're coming back, and you get nothing. And I think we we kind of were talking about Evan Bouchard at the start of this, and I took this on some roundabout way to talk about Calvin Pickard. <laughs> but to talk about Evan Bouchard on that play, yes. Then like this whole game, Evan Bouchard then decides what he's gonna do is make this play where coming back on the neutral zone, he did this numerous times. I was scared he was gonna get called on a penalty, but he'd stand up his man at the red line almost at center ice by cross-checking him, and he would knock try and knock his guy over. And both times it resulted in an automatic rush. Now I think the first time uh, I think McDavid was able to get back and cover for Bouchard or whatnot, and it ended up Put the ended up you ended up diverting that opportunity for the Panthers, but then on the second goal, what that defense was from Evan Bouchard that's indefensible. I love Bouchard. You gotta be smarter. This is getting ridiculous. Some of the plays that you're making are just like how exactly, and and you. I'm glad that you point that out because it didn't happen directly before the goal, right? Like that was the unlucky one that went off Hyman's back and yada yada, but consistently tonight bouchard has been bad defensively just bad like there was a, a play in the second period where he he played a puck that was high stick by florida and florida just immediately then rips it across crease and there's a guy there ekholm has to trip him i can't even remember his name is just some dude on florida he has to trip what is his name? I think it's E2 Lusterinen, maybe, or Kevin Stenland, or Ryan Lomberg. I don't know who, but that fourth line was dominating the Oilers tonight. Like, that's embarrassing. Whatever that dude's name was, right? Like, because of Bouchard's play of the puck 
and then consequently not doing anything with it, Ekholm is forced to take that penalty. Now, it didn't result in a goal against because, you know what, it just went that way. Calvin Pickard had some great saves tonight. But Bouge didn't seem to learn any of the lessons from it. He didn't, he didn't get a talking to, I guess, on the bench because very soon afterwards, in the same period, Bouge, like you said, dumped someone at the red line and then Kulak and Brown scrambled back to oh. cover. Bouche mm. comes back, and now these these three players, three Oilers, are just staring at the puck, puck watching the whole time, and no one picks up the 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 rebounds. No one is able to clear the net front so that Campbell or oh, I guess it Campbell yeah, Pickard can make a save. Right? Same mistake. It just doesn't make sense. You have three Oilers that are just failing. To contain like a handful yeah. of guys on Florida. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses, but I noticed a lot of times on the really atrocious, really eye-catching breakdowns in the defensive zone, there were plays where it would end up being someone like, it would be Nurse and DeHarnay, it would be Kulak and Bouchard, or Ekholm and Broberg, and you're like, how much of this is on coaching and going with 11 and 7 tonight, right? Not having that stability, because again, Nobla talked about stability. The lines besides outside of like the first game and a half have been anything but stable. 11 and 7 is not stable. Then you obviously later in the game, you have Kane go, or again, guy in the box. You're running 10 forwards again. McDavid and Dreisler are on the ice for every second shift. I saw McDavid, I think, play 24 minutes tonight. You're starting to fatigue him. He's already not healthy. Like how much of this is fatigue? How much of this is injury? Dry, Darnell Nurse, 24-35. Drysaddle, 25-17. That is genuine insanity right there. This team doesn't have depth. They're completely discombobulated. Every goal that Florida scored, it where they had uh, containment of the Oilers in the Oilers zone, it, it they just looked completely discombobulated. No one knew who to cover. I, I remember earlier with Woodcroft, people would say, "Oh, it's the defensive system. It's the defensive system." Well, what is it now? Like they they didn't. I clearly they didn't change the defensive system in the four games that Nabla has been here or whatever now or three games. I don't even know four games um it, it, it's just so frustrating to watch these guys in the defensive zone because this is a night tonight where there were so many glaring defensive mistakes the panthers outchanced the oilers like high danger outchanced the oilers 13 to 4 tonight this was not close that's why i don't put it on skinner like that's why Again, the Oilers could have stored. Oh my God, we've said every goalie except for Pickard this game. Just not our night tonight, hey. Rodriguez. Just like the Oilers, you can't you can't be you can't be a pluses all the time. And oh my God, yeah, we've got to just say Rodrigue. Next time you talk about him, say Dwayne Rollison. We'll we'll hit the trifecta. Man, I wish Ben Scrivens was better tonight. But yeah, no, holy, f <laughs> they like. There's not really much to say from the forwards, the defense consistently throughout the game just no effort and one thing that stuck out to me actually this is just my final point and then i'll let you jump into whatever you want to say but like the philadelphia flyers won their fifth game in a row tonight can you name anyone uh in the on philadelphia's second line <laughs> exactly like like think about it people it's effort so much of this is effort and just having an ounce of puck smarts in your head just an ounce like if you know what to do and you go out there and you put in effort then you have the talent to be good you teams like philadelphia have won five in a row you can do it that's why it's so frustrating 
so inexcusable. Right? Like, the the players are there. You have names that are recognizable. But at the same time, just the, the way that this team is constructed, and that includes the cap management. Look at the, the fact that we just can't get any help. If Knobloch wants to bench people, and this is the same for well, Woody earlier on, you can't. Well, tonight there's a little bit of room now because of injuries. Well, yeah, and even tonight, come back. they're eleven and seven, and the end of the first period, even though Evander Kane scored, Nabla did bench him, and I saw a lot of people mm-hmm. were applauding that decision on Twitter. Uh, Evander Kane definitely took way too many penalties tonight. Yeah, you did Couple. see though after that benching, he came out on the next shift and he was hammering guys. Three, three hit huge hits on that shift on Florida. Gets in Kachuk's head, gets in Kachuk's drill, and then you end up creating a little bit of momentum. And then the Oilers are able to sustain, even if it's just for a minute, even if it's for forty-five seconds, sustain in the offensive zone. You saw um, flashes of that, but it just wasn't consistent enough. They weren't able to maintain pressure on Florida. They kept falling back. They kept getting discombobulated. Their mistakes kept ending up in the back of their net. It was horrible. And this is like the microcosm of the season, right? The Oilers go. Up, I think they they they. It's tie game. 3-3, three, three, right? End of the end of the second. Uh Florida comes down. Or the Oilers are in the offensive zone. Carter Verhage's stick breaks, goes flying across the ice, all the way to the Oilers blue line. The Florida ends up getting the puck, skates on in on a two-on-one. And it, the reason it was a two-on-one is because Philip Broberg tripped over Carter Verhage's broken stick, ends up giving the Florida an odd man rush and obviously puts it in the Oilers' net. Uh, yeah, like it was just like, like that is the, the, that's luck. That's something you can attribute fully to luck. Hold on. It is luck on Broberg's part, but I watched that goal and Nico Mikola scores it. True. A guy whose career, his best year is three goals. (laughs) And that was his third of the season Uh. already. Like, he he didn't even try to shoot it. Nikola Mikola on that goal didn't shoot it. He was trying to pass it to whoever was cross crease, yeah. and it just goes off of like Cal- Calvin Pickard's pad, and then he swings it into his own net. Like that was such a soft one, and it was totally a mistake, totally unlucky on Broberg's part. Yeah, but Pickard, you gotta have that one. Yeah, Nico Mikola scored 66% of his career high goals in one game tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Like, yes, bad luck. But, you know, it clearly wasn't Jay Woodcroft that was the problem. This is the literally the exact same team. Like, exact same. If you closed your eyes, you could see Jay Woodcroft behind the bench. Him and Chris Nobla are very, very similar coaches. Uh, it does suck that it's not Jay Woodcroft. It feels like you let the team off easy because, again, this is a management problem. Um, like, there, there really isn't much else to say. Like, there is so many fundamental flaws with this roster. And they, all you hear, oh, it's hard to trade for a goalie on. Oh, man, Edmonton's on so many no trade lists. Well, you know what? Trade for a goalie, it doesn't have a no trade list. This is your fault. You are, this should be, this is a crime against hockey. You're wasting the career of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl currently by the what you did. Like, these decisions are horrible. Horrible. 
Oh, it's so disappointing to watch this team go every single night. You see the skill. They're not converting the way they are or the way they can. They need to finish. The finishing will come, whether it's in burst, whether it's in game 20, game 30, whatever. But we're 20% of the way through the season. It doesn't sound like the tra a trade is on the horizon just based on everything that people are talking about out there. They need a goalie. They need a goalie. Obviously, they need defensemen too. Like, Cody Cece cannot handle the puck. He cannot handle... He kills possession every time. He has no clue what to do. He's playing way too high in the lineup. Okay. I forgot about this. Because mm -hmm. you... You saying the words Cody Cece just activated my neurons. There was this play where I, I forget what happened in the corner, but OEL, Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, he was he lost his helmet in the corner somehow, right? And he was skating back to the bench because yeah, for some reason the, the helmet was further in his opinion. He he decided to go to the bench. And Cece gets the puck on the blue line with this extra time. And what does he do? He just holds it. He like walks the blue line a little bit with no pressure. And then OEL changes. A new Panther comes in, starts putting pressure on, on Cody CC. And then he dumps it and gets, gives it away. Like you had all this time in the world and he did nothing with it. Like, it doesn't make sense. The thing we saw that he has a little bit of a, a longer leash now, right? Like he, mm -hmm. Paul Coffey's giving him a longer leash. But that's not how you use it. He doesn't have the capacity to handle a longer leash. You're putting a potato on a leash. A potato's not going to run anywhere anyways. It fucking... He, he sucks. Like, he's horrible. Okay, and this is the thing. So, Evan Bouchard is, is being put in these positions. And obviously, he needs to be better defensively. First and foremost, I need to say that. Absolutely. He needs to be better defensively. We all can agree on that. At the same time, okay... Bench Evan Bouchard for making a mistake. What, are you going to play Vincent DeHarnay 25 minutes a night? You'll lose 18 to 2. At least, at least, at least when Evan Bouchard is on the ice, he can score. He can skate. He can do something. Can stay on the ice. If, if if Vinny goes after a guy inside to fight him, he's going to be in the box for five minutes. What, what do you do then? Exactly. Right? Like <laughs> There's no one better. Like, it has to be Bouchard. Wouldn't you um, imagine they had a... 28-year-old Chris Tanev or an Adam Larson or someone who could be on the top pairing, be in, be who Cody Cece is supposed to be, and be competent on both ends of the ice and take on the hard minutes and take on the hard matchups, and you could shelter, you can isolate Evan Bouchard, and you could put him in way a way better position to succeed. Since Dave Tippett has been the coach, it has been the problem. Whether it's Bear Barry Bouchard, whether it's CC DeHarnay Bouchard, you you you're, you're, it doesn't make a difference. The guy, the the defense stinks. They suck. There are so many non NHL players on this defense that when you do, you're overtaxing your guys. I don't know if Darnell Nurse is getting stupider by the minute because. I'm getting so, like I defend him. I have a Darnell Nurse jersey. When I go to an Oilers game, I wear a Nurse jersey. I like Darnell Nurse. I'm getting so frustrated watching him defend odd man rushes. He is in the middle of the ice or he is on his back every single time. He does nothing to pressure the passer or take away the shooter. He just gives up every single time. The only odd man rush that I saw Darnell Nurse 
competently defend is the one that he created because he made a giveaway and they went in on a two-on-one and he skated his ass back and broke up the pass by lifting the stick and taking the puck away. Every other time he's on his back, he's on the ice. He doesn't stop anything. It makes, like, it's horrible. He, again, I don't like ragging on him for the contract. All of us would sign it, but it, it's, you gotta be better. You are the best defenseman on this team. You have to play like it. They will go nowhere when you play like that. It, it, the Tarnell Nurse, that one, um, the one power play goal, right? The the Verhage goal, where three guys and go go to pinch on, along the boards, leaving Nurse with two power play shooters. What's he gonna do in that situation? Mm -hmm. I don't pin the blame on him for that one, but I know if I if I log on Twitter right now or X or whatever the heck it's called now, people are going to be ragging on him for that one. He has to do one of two options. Take away the pass, take away the shot. If you try to take away the shot, you end up maybe screening Calvin Pickard, right? There's plays where he's reasonable and he's good. Obviously, we loved him when he blocked that empty netter yeah. uh, against Seattle. But some of these other decisions are so questionable and like you said when you have younger defensemen that are gonna make mistakes they shouldn't have their mentor also be making mistakes no i exactly like they like and, and if and if your guy at the top is making that many mistakes you cannot put all the defensive responsibility on matias echo and i thought this was probably echo's worst game in a number of oh, days yeah. right like at home definitely struggled tonight he wasn't didn't look nearly as fast or as fleet of foot as he has been the last maybe four games but like you can't ask at home to do everything he's one guy you had seven defensemen i go back to six defensemen i really think vincent deharnay has way too long of a leash on this team like he's Mm -hmm. very he's a very slow skater he struggles with really quick teams he i get it he's cool it's cool he fights kind of loses a lot of fights for being six Weirdly. foot seven like you know he, he has and, and teeth on that one. and it's the same thing we didn't talk about this because we weren't on the broadcast but like against tampa the stupidest time fight right like you killed momentum for your team by losing that and taking that fight you again yeah. you should have learned your lesson what was was it was it two two when he fought or was it Two nothing when he fought. I cannot remember. Um, Honestly, it, it was so incon. Yeah, it was so inconsequential of a fight that I was just like, you didn't really build any energy for your team. You didn't really like lose any energy for your team. It was just kind of a. And, I don't want to play for five minutes. And at the moment when people can do something, because Florida is the team where they get mad and they take it to you, and they are chippy and they are dirty. Kevin Stenland yeah. puts the puck in. An empty net or in an in the net on I almost said Stuart Skinner on Calvin Pickard. Um when after the whistle, nothing comes of it. Nothing. No like That's what is Warren Fogel runs up, kinda does something. How that wasn't like an unsportsmanlike penalty in the first place, I don't know. Not even sure I want a power play though, so I can't really bitch about that at this point. Like the power play fucking blows. Um yeah. But yeah, like there's just like Florida took them. Florida made them look like fools tonight. I was thinking tonight, to be honest with you, like I, I would hate to play Florida in a playoff series. Like I, I have yeah. a lot more after tonight. I feel like I have more respect for the Leafs going through this for seven games, dealing with this team. Like I would, I would lose my mind. I would end up in the loony bin watching these guys do what they do. 
to the Oilers in a playoff series. I don't know. I don't really have to worry about the Oilers being in a playoff series this year. So it's okay. You know what? That's a great transition to the presser. I don't know if you meant to do that or not, but <laughs> let's get into it with the first presser question from Mickinator. Are the playoffs out of reach? Uh, in my eyes, like I celebrated too early last time. I'm learning my lesson. Um, I, I'm learning. I've learned my lesson after Seattle. I'm not, I'm not letting myself believe until this team can hit 500. And unless they make a trade, they will not hit 500. I'm going to say that right yeah. here. Hope I'm wrong. Probably not. I, I don't think this team is, is good enough. I mean, with goaltending being the most precarious situation, it's possible that the, some goalie, whoever it might be, suddenly flips the script and the entire season is saved. That's possible because it's such a key position. But with the defense being the way that it is, and if they play like this tonight, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. It's it's early. It's early. And well, it's, I'm, I'm it's, not... it's, it's getting, it's getting, Dennis, today is the 20th. It is now, we're now 20% our way through the NHL season. <laughs> Yeah, after it's today. not that early. <laughs> like, I'm I'm not saying to count them out. Like, one thing about Oilers fans, we've been waiting for a long time. We can wait a little bit more. Don't lose hope. But it is so monumental that they get a better goaltender or a goaltender that gets really, really hot, and they need to do it quick. Otherwise... It's highly unlikely we're gonna get into the playoffs. And um let's say that let's say they get in. Then what? Yeah. You lose to LA, you lose to Vegas, you lose to Colorado, you lose to Dallas, and you just whittle away, burn another year of the prime <laughs> and these contracts that you have right now. Obviously, McDavid and Drysaddle don't look like themselves. And that is part of the issue, especially on the power play. Maybe the power play needs a shakeup. Like I can't believe I'm saying this, but maybe put Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the second unit. Like, Evander Kane, you know, love him or hate him, take him with all his warts. Maybe you put Evander Kane in the Ryan Nugent Hopkins spot. Now, Evander Kane can't really pass, like, not nearly, nowhere near the level of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. But, like, you're changing it up. You're getting a different look. There was a power play even late in the game where you saw the difference between this year and last year, and it was the movement. It was McDavid constantly changing spots. He was rotating around the ice. He would pass it to Drysdale, and he would end up in somewhere else. He wasn't just consistently on the half wall on the right side. He was up. He was down. He's at the point. He's behind the net. And that's when the Oilers were getting their best chances. But it's, it, it, it comes and it goes. You see it in spurts. And again, we know he's hurt. So other guys need to step up. And then when you have other guys step up, like in Tampa Bay, they your goalie just shits the bed and you end up losing anyways, right? Like there's just so many problems. Like you need what three new defensemen. You need two better right shot defensemen, uh, at least a better left shot defenseman. You need a fourth line center. You need better depth forwards. You need, you need a goalie. One name that was brought up by Frank Saravalli was Frank, uh, Carol Vimelka, whose name who actually, that one really, really actually excites me. I really do like the mm -hmm. idea of Carol Vimelka because he's been really good on a really shitty Arizona team for a long time. Uh, but no matter, yeah. no matter what goalie you move, you do, if you're trying to do it now, you are going to get rinsed, right? So it's either you, you hope and you pray that something happens and then 
you get a little bit more bargaining power in a goalie trade or you just pay you pay out the wazoo and well, decide you know what we got one more shot at this it. is a valuable first round pick this isn't just the 28th overall pick this is the third overall pick right now that you're looking at right like you have assets if you're gonna run the risk of not protecting it like oh man that's a disaster waiting to happen the hockey karma but is it a disaster like i get <laughs> getting the third overall pick or second overall pick you know when it, july comes will be cool and that's a cool thing to have but like Outside of last year, because last year was a fluke draft, like Adam Fantilli, Leo Carlson, Connor Bedard, like that is a amazing top three. How many third overall picks come into the NHL are, are impactful right away? Like Dreisaitl, yeah, we know Leon Dreisaitl is one of the best third overall picks in the last 20 years, and he wasn't impactful till what, two or three years after his, years? his draft, right? Like, like 14, okay, well, 14, 15, 15, 16, he was he had the fifty points in seventy something games, and then then the next year is when he took that really big step. But like it takes a little bit of time, so you're waiting. At, like that's a pick. I'm on the move side. I'll and I used to be someone who would get really upset about thinking about moving players, like you know, in the past, Ethan Bear, Jesse Pouliot, whoever, being like, we need those guys. They're good. They're developing. They're young. Whatever. I do not care who you move. I, I'm so like this team actually angers me physically. I'm so sick of so many people on this team. I do not care if it's Ryan McLeod. I do not care if it's Dylan Holloway. I do not care. I saw people earlier talking about trading Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He, no move clause. That won't work. It's not happening. Doesn't make sense. Like unless he wants to leave, unless it's that bad. And he's he's stated how much he loves it. He yeah, he ain't going team. anywhere. It doesn't matter if you can get Linus Allmark for him. He ain't going anywhere. So. Yeah whatever with that but yeah i'm just sick of it like i don't care who gets moved i don't care what gets moved i'm not gonna you're not gonna hear me bitching about nova bay and hey, we know that it's not kennel i'm making the decision too yep. right that's true it, it it is just unbelievable like the fact that last year we're saying okay we've lost to two stanley cup champions We've gave them some of the hardest runs, not so much in Colorado's year, but in Vegas, we gave them their hardest run run in afterwards. If you looked at this season, at this point we're in now, it just doesn't make any amount of matter. It's, it's time to put up, shut up. I'm seeing in chat. You make the trade. You just do something Mm -hmm. because it's, unexcusable to just waste away another year of connor and leon and again leon has one more year on his contract after this one you gotta do something if you get to the position where you are in that make or break i have to decide to trade leon or risk losing him for free man that is going to be so so depressing for others fans and also for the team in general totally and that you know obviously i hope we never get to that point i don't i still no matter how bad it gets this year and i know i can get dramatic sometimes i really don't think it's gonna get to that point i am very i'm pretty confident in saying that i go back and forth on it but you know you hear different things and i'm pr- I, I, I don't know. I I, I want to say it's fairly certain at least 97 will stay no matter what happens this year. It's Leon that's the question mark. 
Um, so yeah, but anyways, one thing I did forget to say today, guys, is we, you know, we have 121 people watching and I haven't told anyone to hit like yet. So that's the one thing we do appreciate. We appreciate you coming here, hanging out with us, no matter how shitty of a performance the Oilers have, uh, we can at least come out here, vent, talk about it, um, fantasize about a goalie trade, fantasize about a new top six, uh, for defense. Uh, you know, they need a lot of things and you could say what you want. He's gone. Sure. But you know what? Being an Oiler fan means that you have hope. Yeah. Even when it's the bleakest outlook, you have hope. I'm sick. Because that's what it means to be a, a fan of this franchise. Um, I, I wanted to piggyback on that. I did not look at the live counter at all so the fact that you said we are over 100 viewers on a night when we had our technical difficulties when we had a dog shit game by the oilers i am so happy that at least we have this community we're able to keep each other in it mental therapy says mickinator this is basically the best we have tonight like i'm hoping we we have a better oilers game to next game um that's wednesday it's against carolina this road trip just gets longer and longer by the day um it's another earlier puck drop it's 5 p.m mountain time avery will have that one for you thank you all so much for being here zach where can they find you? You can find me at ZWheel97 on Twitter. And before I ask you, Dennis, I just want to say 44 Dill in the comments brings up the live event on White. Says he has had the time of his life. And you know what? I agree. And next time uh, we have one, we'll, we'll, we'll announce it way sooner in advance. It'll be a lot of fun. Hope to see everyone else there. But yeah, we're ending it here tonight. This was a rough one. <laughs> we got to do it for the mental health. But yeah, Dennis, <laughs> where can they find you? You can find me at Dennis Lee Y-E-G. We're here for the fans. Tweet at us if you if you need therapy, if you need support. Z Wheel and uh Dennis Lee, we are we're here for you. And uh that's that's it for us tonight. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good night. That's all from us.